Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said, I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Happy Derby Day. Happy Quarterback Day. NFL draft still going on, so we can still call it Quarterback Day. No real games for over four months, but we have Bears betting angles. And a friend of mine has been covering Ohio State football for the last 18 years. Chicago guy, Mike Rigardotti. He'll give us some Justin Fields information, the real deal. We have a pair of Kentucky Derby experts this hour on Early Odds. And let's start off with our guy, Jim Miller. It's the first Saturday in May. We're getting back on schedule, so that means it is the running of the 147th Kentucky Derby today. So let's go out to the Alpamonte Nissan hotline, Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com because our weekly early odds contributor, Jim Miller, from over at Hawthorne Racecourse drops by. We've been prepping you guys over the last month, getting you set for this race, and the day is finally here, Jim. Yeah, and it's so weird. It's nice to actually have it back the first Saturday in May. Last year, we were running it the first Saturday in September. So it, it seems like the Derby just happened, but it, it kind of just did. So back to its normal schedule, which is a beautiful thing. But I'll tell you, this is a wide open race, Joe. I need some honesty out of you. Will you consume any mint juleps today? Mint juleps I have tasted before. To me, they're one of the most disgusting drinks I've actually ever had in my <laughs> life. So I would rather take a little bit of fine Kentucky bourbon Put that in a cup with some ice, and, and I'll sip on that throughout the course of the day instead. I love it. I love it because I feel like a lot of horse racing experts out there are talking up mint juleps this week and saying, They're oh, so you, you got to. It's tradition. You got to. No, no if I don't like it, bad. I'm not I'm not having a mint julep. It's a terrible drink. Yeah. It's, it's so bad. It's, it's like saying, oh, this is hot. Go ahead and touch it. Are you going to no. touch it? I mean, come on. It's so <laughs> bad. Why drink it? 
All right, we've got to we got to help the people win some money today. You know, even your novice people that aren't betting uh, horse racing much throughout the entire year, they're going to step in for it today. It's one of those rare occasions, so we're going to break this Kentucky Derby down. But the question that I'm getting, and I'm sure you're getting it as well, is okay, cool, but how do I bet on it? We've addressed it in the past, and maybe people weren't with us, and they don't see a Kentucky Derby section on their sports betting apps, even the points bet one. So what's the best way for them to wager on this? Yeah, and here's the thing, Joe. If you still want to wager on an app, you can do so. You just have to go through the Club Hawthorne app because everything now goes to the parimutuel aspect, so it goes right into the pools for these races. So the Club Hawthorne app is the best way to go. Wagering is open right now on the Kentucky Derby, so you can wager right now all the way up until the race. So if you want to stay online and you want to stay socially distant, you can do it that way. Otherwise, you can go out to Hawthorne Racecourse. We are open for live wagering. You can either go with the bet and go aspect. You can go inside, get a reservation, and enjoy the day. A lot of our OTB locations even have drive through wagering. So we're going to try to make this as easy as possible to get those wagers in, to watch the race and that. But if you want to do so, the doors are going to open early at all these locations. So there are a lot of opportunities to get those uh, wagers placed. Jim, our early odds regulars that have been with us over the last few weeks, they've heard you say quite a few times the Kentucky Derby is wide open. So we've got 20 horses, just like we usually do. How wide open are we talking about? Before we start naming names here, how many can actually win today? You know what? I look through this field. There's a lot of times I can trim it down to maybe six or seven horses that I could say could really win it. I'm looking at the Derby this year. Of the 20 horses, I could actually make a case for 15 of them. That's how wide open this race is. And here's the thing. Here, here's a couple of stats here, Joe, just to really kind of tell you about the race. There's three horses in the Kentucky Derby that are undefeated on their career. One of them is the two-to-one favorite essential quality who's five-for-five lifetime. Another one is the five-to-one second choice, Rock Your World, who's three-for-three lifetime. Then there's another horse who is three-for-three lifetime by the name of Helium, this horse is 50 to one in the Derby. So that's the one note. And then the second note, essential quality was the Breeders' Cup juvenile winner last year. Now the horse that finished third in that race, only two lengths behind essential quality was a horse by the name of Keep Me In Mind. That horse is 50 to one in the Kentucky Derby. So that's how evenly matched this bunch is, but how wide open the wagering end of things is. All right, let's work backwards a little bit. Since we are yep. dealing with 20 horses and you just mentioned that y- you think there's a potential you can see a story in which any of 15 horses end up winning this race. Give me the five that will not. Sure. Looking through the five that will not, four of them are actually along the inside. I don't think the two like the King can win. That's a race that's coming off a, a horse that's coming off a win over a synthetic surface. The three Brooklyn strong was the last one into the race, but that horse finished fifth in its last start just to get in. Keep me in mind, a horse I did just mention is a horse that's kind of regressed a little bit in those last couple starts. Sainthood is a horse that I just don't think is fast enough either. And then King Fury is the other horse, and that horse is only 20 to 1. I don't think that horse can win either. But four of those five are inside horses, and when you have a 20-horse starting gate, there's so much traffic along the inside. Everything has to work perfectly, but they just have a lot going against them, plus the fact that I just don't think they're fast enough. So those are the five that I do not have in with a shot in the derby. Two like the King, three Brooklyn Strong. Uh, Did you say the five Sainthood? Four, four, keep me in mind, five Sainthood and the 16 King Fury. Those are the ones that I just don't think can win the race. I can give you a case for any other horse in the field. 
Okay, perfect. So the inside two mm -hmm. through five, and then also 16. So let's hit on the other 15 horses that could possibly win. <laughs> this is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score. We are prepping you for today's Kentucky Derby with our weekly contributor, uh, Jim Miller. All right, where do we start as far as looking for some winners? Uh, which ones are your favorites? All right, so here's the way you have to look at the race. You kind of have to look at what you believe the pace complexion of the race is going to be. Now, the 19-horse soup and sandwich on the outside, because of the outside draw, and because this is a horse that has to show speed, probably has to get away as quickly as possible just to try to cross over from horses to get into the first turn. So I think that is the one that ensures you an honest pace. Now, the other ones that I think go with that horse are the seven Mandaloon, the 10 Midnight Bourbon as well, and I think maybe even the nine Hot Rod Charlie. So if those four go, it's going to set up for an honest pace up front. Now, that puts you into some of the horses here that I think have big shots. Now, one of them is going to be the 15 Rock Your World. This was the Santa Anita Derby winner who actually won the Santa Anita Derby on the front end, but this horse doesn't need the lead to win. So I think Rock Your World tucks in right behind the pace with the favorite essential quality and highly motivated. Now, those three, I think, sit right behind the pace. Then after that is Super Stock, a horse that won the $1 million Arkansas Derby and, and won it in fine fashion. I think that's a horse that tucks in behind. And then you have to look to a couple of horses that really have to work out a trip. And, and the one known agenda is one of those. This is a closer who gets buried on the inside. It's a brutal post draw, but at least as a closer, you can kind of flop out of the gate and not have to worry about getting bumped around as much. After that, you do the long shots. I do think there's some long shots that maybe can come running, one of them being a 50-to-1 shot by the name of Hidden Stash. But for me, the way I see things unfolding here, I think Superstock is the horse that could win as a long shot. I think Rock Your World's a horse that could win from just off the pace. And if Known Agenda can work out a trip, maybe that's one that could come flying by them all. Okay, Rock Your World, Super Stock, Known Agenda. The big thing when, when making some money, the heavy favorite, the one that's going to be talked about the most, yep. the 14, Essential Quality. Now, of course, uh, to make that money, we don't want Essential Quality to win. Right. But how do you work Essential Quality into your exotics? That's the question. Can, sure. it, can Essential Here. Quality finish outside the top four? Oh, yes, I think so. I think essential quality could finish outside of the top four for sure. And here's the reason why I say so. This horse has done nothing wrong on its career. But when you look at the progression and you look at kind of the speed figures leading through the race, essential quality has only really increased slightly for speed figures in each and every start where you have others that are kind of making those jumps by leaps and bounds. And usually your winner of the Derby is one of those horses that jumps up and runs a career best race. Now, I think if essential quality runs its regular race, this is a horse that can be in the mix. I just think somebody else is going to jump up and run that huge race. And when you're looking at a 20-horse field and essential quality is going to be two to one or shorter, that's something where you want to try to avoid that if you're betting from the win point of view. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're looking at some gimmicks and exactas, of course you could put essential quality in the mix if you want to play an exacta box or a trifecta box because of the potential for 30 to one shots, 40 to one shots, even 50 plus to one shots to run into the mix. Even if they do so with essential quality, it's still going to be a huge payout. So if you don't want to toss the horse, you don't have to. You just have to work the right horses around it for your gimmicks. Mm, very good. Very good. Okay. What about Bob Baffert? Every year, people that jump in once or twice for, let's say, the Preakness or the Kentucky Derby, they look down the list. Oh, there's Bob Baffert. He's got the eight-horse Medina Spirit. Yeah, Bob Baffert's the one that you always do have to look for. Here's the weird thing. This was probably his number three horse 
if you would have talked about it a month ago. He had Life is Good. Life is Good was a horse that was winning all these races in California and winning rather easily. That horse is off the Derby Trail. He had Concert Tour. Concert Tour was the favorite in the Arkansas Derby just three weeks ago. That horse ran third in the race and ran a decent race, but they said, we're going to skip the Kentucky Derby and actually look to the Preakness with that horse. So it does. It leaves us with Medina Spirit. And this is a horse that's run okay. This was a horse that ran second to Rock Your World in the Santa Anita Derby. So you always have to look at any Bob Baffert trainee. And Joe, it's very rare that you find a Bob Baffert horse that's 15 to one in the morning line, but I think you'll get all of that 15 to one in the Derby too. You've mentioned a few of the Todd Pletcher horses, and there are yep. so many of them. Is there one we did not address? Did we talk about the 11 dynamic one? Here's a couple that you have to look at. You have to look at the 11 dynamic one and the 20 Bourbonic, only because these were the one-two finishers, and they were trained by Todd Pletcher in the Wood Memorial. Bourbonic was 72 to 1 in the Wood Memorial. This was written by Kendrick Carmouche. Kendrick Carmouche, an African-American rider, who gets his first shot in the Derby, and he's won 3,400 races on his career. This horse they thought nothing of going into the Wood Memorial, and then the horse runs a gigantic race. So that's a horse that from the outside sits back early, but if you repeat that race, you never know. And then Dynamic one, kind of a similar running style. Settle back early on, try to come running late. Both of those horses are going to need some racing luck, but again, much like Bob Baffert of 15 to one with Medina Spirit, these are two Pletcher horses that are going to be 20 and 30 to one and each probably go off a little bit higher too. Our guest Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse talking about today's Kentucky Derby and how we can cash a ticket or two. How do you take jockeys into account with your handicapping? There are some recognizable names here today. Yeah, and there are some recognizable names. I mean, everybody knows Mike Smith. Everybody knows John Velasquez. I mean, these are guys that have been on the big stage numerous times. Uh, the thing that's really interesting for me about the Derby is how some of these horses are getting riders on that didn't ride in the last start out. And that's the thing. And, and you're looking at horses that could actually be factors. For example, the nine Hot Rod Charlie won the Louisiana Derby with Joel Rosario in the saddle. Well, now Flavian Pratt's going to ride that one because Joel Rosario goes over to the 15 Rock Your World, who was ridden by Umberto Rispoli in that last out, and Rispoli's on the three book Brooklyn Strong in here. So you kind of have to look to a little familiarity with some of these horses, and that's one of the things that jumps up when you get a horse like, say, for example, your favorite essential quality is Ben Luis Saez for each of those last four starts. Right next to that, Hidden Stash has had Bayorano for four of the last five. I like to have some of these, or at least the jock is familiar with the racehorse. I do think it helps out a little bit for that. And then you have to be familiar a little bit with Churchill Downs because it is a little bit of a different track. You have a little bit of a swooping turn there into the stretch. It's handling just the big race pressure too. And that's the one thing that you worry a little bit with a guy like Kendrick Carmouche riding his first derby compared to some of these guys who have been on the big stage in the past. Sometimes it jumps up and gets them. Other times it doesn't. Maybe this year with a lessened crowd, it won't as much, but that could be a factor too. Early outs with Joe Ostrowski, our weekly guest here, Jim Miller, getting you set for today's derby. What do you think happens with these numbers as we get closer and closer to the start? You know what's going to be interesting is you're going to see a lot of early wagering that comes in on Friday. And because of that, when those odds are posted, that will sway some of the betters for Saturday. And the reason I say that is everybody knows that essential quality is going to take all that money and be the favorite. After that, people don't really know who's going to be the second choice, who's going to be the third choice. So you want to watch to see if there's moves on a horse like, say, for example, Known Agenda, Hot Rod Charlie, Rock Your World, the horses like that, maybe even highly motivated, who's 10 to 1 in the morning line, 
If Highly Motivated shows up at 6-1 to one after the Friday wagering, it wouldn't surprise me if people continue to bet that horse saying, hey, this is the one who ran second to Essential Quality. We're going to keep betting that. But to me, I think Essential Quality is going to take so much early money that it's going to raise the odds on a lot of these other horses. And because of that, there's going to be a ton of value. A lot of people will then in turn put Essential Quality in their gimmicks. And if that horse does happen to run out, you're going to see some gigantic payouts in all of these betting markets, including the Kentucky Derby. Something we're used to Jim is betting steam. Yep. And a lot of times it's noise. And we look back after the fact and say, what was that all about? Is there a horse or two that is getting talked up right now that you are not buying? You're just chuckling to yourself and uh, thinking that some people are wasting their money. The one that I keep hearing about is the horse by the name of Soup and Sandwich. This is a horse that's from post-19, comes from the barn of Mark Cassie, finished second in the Florida Derby. But the barn has been talking up this horse from the start, saying how great the horse is training and how the horse looks and everything leading into the race. And I think because of that, and I hate to say it, Joe, people bet names. And Soup and Sandwich is a horse that, because of its <laughs> name, is going to take some money. It's a horse that that I think would have to run the race of its life to win especially from post-19, but I expect that horse to, t- to take some money. They've been talking it up a lot, but I'll tell you, if, if Soup and Sandwich wins, I will be surprised a little bit. Jim, you see it every day at Hawthorne, probably at every single race. You can see the money coming in. You know people yep. bet on names and they bet on colors. If you walk around the track long enough, you're going to get a tip on every horse and every race. So that's one <laughs> of the things that that I would advise you. If there's horses you like it and if you're wrong in the Kentucky Derby, don't worry about it. The vast majority of people are going to be wrong in the Kentucky Derby. That's just how hard of a race it is. But you can make a case pretty much for any horse to win any race. So it is. It's names. It's colors. I like this jock. The way this horse looks in the paddock. All sorts of stuff like that. To me, find what you're going to go with ahead of time. Stick to what you're going to go with ahead of time. Don't really let any other opinion sway your own opinion. You might be right. You might be really wrong. But that's kind of the reason that we watch these races and place our wagers on them. I bet we can do a story each week from you just sharing something humorous or a character that you've met over the years at the track. The stuff that I find, the the best (laughs) thing that I find is when I'm talking in the paddock Uh and you see the expression on people who are standing right behind the camera that I'm looking at because they're flashing numbers at me and they're, they're trying to make waves with their arms talking about a horse or trying to point like like I'm looking at them and not the camera to say this is why a horse should win and you do see it all the time and the best thing you may not hear from this person for three weeks who's been flashing numbers at you but this Uh one time that that horse wins you're going to get the I told you so on top of it so especially if you didn't pick it they're going to say oh I had that one why didn't you type of thing but that's the best thing for me I pick every race every day at Hawthorne I'm not going to get every winner of course but you get a lot of I told you so's too. Oh, it's no different in social media. People that don't even go to the track, just your everyday sports bettors. But they love to tweet about the winners, but it's it's amazing, Jim. Like either they're not betting every other day or they just don't want to talk about the losers. And that's what it is. And you know what? You have to be able to stand behind your losers. If, if you want to pump your chest out about your winners, that's fine too. Yep. But unless you're really posting it out there each and every day, what you're doing with every selection, 
you know what? It's a very hard game to win, and you just have to be really smart, and you have to pick your spots. Yeah, don't don't be bashful. It's okay. Everybody loses, and if it sounds like somebody never loses, they're lying to you. So yeah. keep that in mind when you're listening to advice on sports betting. Okay, Jim, I, I have to be honest. As we kind of wrap up and narrow this thing down for the people, I love to hear from respected voices like you that have been in this for so long and you know what you're talking about. I love to hear that it's wide open and there are many opportunities to win some money. But as we're talking about all these horses that could win it, I'm a bit confused. And I don't know if some of our listeners feel this way. It is a bit overwhelming because it's a 20 horse race and it's so wide open. Where do we really need to narrow our focus today? If we're going to, let's say, box a a trifecta or two. All right, here's exactly how I'm going to bet the race. And like I said, I could be really right or I could be really wrong. Um, Because it's a 20-horse field, you can play multiple horses across the board for your wager. So that's betting the horse to win, place, and show. You don't have to put a whole lot of money on them either. So I'm tossing the favorite. If I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit big on the Kentucky Derby. So the two horses I'm betting across the board are the 18-horse Superstock, who's 30-1 to in the morning line, And then the 15-horse Rock Your World, who's 5-1 to in the morning line. So those horses I'll bet across the board. Then after that, I'm going to play a four-horse exact the box. I'm going to use the 18 Super Stock, the 15 Rock Your World, the one Known Agenda, and then the 13 Hidden Stash. Hidden Stash is going to be like 150-1 to in the race. But there's something about that horse where I just think going longer, the horse could run big. So I'll use those four horses in a dollar exact the box. So it's only a $12 bet. I'll do the same thing. In a dollar trifecta box, if two of those four run in for the exacta, you're going to make a bunch of money. If three of those four run in for the trifecta, it's going to be a huge score. So for me, like I said, I could be really right. I could be really wrong. But even if Superstock runs one, two, three, you're getting your money back. If Rock Your World runs one, two, three, you're getting your money back. And then you just have a chance to make a little bit more. Okay. The 15 and the 18 across the board, you're working in the one and the 13 into your yep. exotics and you hope something big hits any recommendations for your novice horse better jumping in for these big events any mistakes that you see on a regular basis the biggest mistake is trying to have that huge score superfectas are very hard to hit that's the first four finishers in order they have, offer a big guaranteed pool on a pick six which is winning hitting the winners of six consecutive races that's very hard to do for the novice wager what i would do i'd say pick one, two, three horses, just bet two bucks across the board. Then you watch the race. You have the excitement of the race. If one of those horses happens to be 30 to one and wins, all of a sudden for your $6 wager, you're going to get back over a hundred bucks. So you don't have to put a whole lot into the race, but you have a way to enjoy that race, get a couple of bucks down, and then you can say you were a part of it from the wagering end too. Jim Miller at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Visit him over at Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, enjoy the Derby, and I hope you can cash a ticket or two, all right? Man, if I cash a ticket, we're going to have a really fun weekend next weekend, Joe. If what Jim has cooking hits, party today. Party like we had on Thursday night after the Bears moved up for quarterback Justin Fields. When you make some dough. On the Derby today, send me a screenshot of your winning tickets on Twitter, at Joe0670, at Joe0670. Justin Fields props are available. Aaron Rodgers might go to the other conference. He might retire. I'll speak with local guy turned Buckeyes expert Mike Rigardotti and find out if Fields can be something we've never seen here. 
an elite signal caller for the next 15 years. That's next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Bernstein and Rahimi, middays, 9 a.m. to noon on The Score. I don't want to be unfair to Justin Field. I've got to try really hard to not have echoes of that experience every time we evaluate him. It almost sounds, Dan, like you're happy about a Bears quarterback, which means an angel has gotten its wings somewhere. This is a day, people. Dan Bernstein and Layla Rahimi, 9 a.m. to noon on Sports Radio 670 The Score. An Odyssey station. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Come check out Menard's great selection of outdoor lighting and brighten your home today. The Santa Fe Outdoor Wall Light gives a classic look, while the Temple Outdoor Wall Light adds timeless elegance. Find your style and save 11% on all outdoor Patriot Lighting. Get 11% off everything now at Menard's. Good through May 1st. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menard's. Canelo Alvarez, this is a champion in his prime. Witness Canelo, the pound-for-pound king, face the fearless. I think we need to get right into this conversation with Canelo's next opponent. That's Billy Joe Saunders. Can Billy Joe Saunders defeat Canelo? Canelo versus the undefeated Saunders. Super middleweight unification fight, May 8th, live on DAZN. Download the DAZN app. There's no plan around I'm going to go there. Get the job done and come on. That's simple. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey 
The Score listener line is open 24-7, 365 and powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score. I'm on Twitter at Joe0670. It took seven years. Seven years. But Ryan Pace finally drafts his second quarterback, I don't think he should have been granted another quarterback in draft seven, but that's another conversation. That's what ownership decided. So this is where we are. Pace and Matt Nagy had to, had to, had to get one of those top five guys. And we're all going to go in that first round on Thursday. Because if they didn't, okay, maybe you slip into the playoffs again. You're somewhere around 500. What are we doing? What are we building towards as your defense, which was once elite, continues to age? And last night, you know, I've criticized Pace for his tunnel vision in the past and his lack of aggressiveness when it comes to the quarterback position, but you have to throw that out the window a little bit here. When you're talking about moving up for the most important positions on the field. We know Pace always moves up, but now we're talking about the quarterback and then protecting the quarterback and developing that run game consistently, going after the best players on most boards. And they also happen to be massive needs. Investing into the offense by drafting offensive players very high. Big fan of the Tevin Jenkins move. If you want to see a deep dive on Jenkins' line play, I shared a YouTube video on Twitter last night from Brett Coleman. He's terrific. Does a great 13-minute breakdown. Uh, Go to my Twitter there, at Joe0670. The Bears say that Andy Dalton is still QB1. But our friends at PointsBet posted some Justin Fields props uh, passing touchdowns, they set the number at 15 and a half. If you think he's going to play much of the season, you know where to go. Passing yards, 3,000 yards in the hook, 3,000 in the hook. Some books have adjusted the win total from seven to seven and a half, juiced heavily on the under. Remember, 17 game season. And there's a legal book in the state that still has NFC North futures up with the Bears as the third favorite. Third favorite. Uh, maybe Rodgers leaving Green Bay. Something to keep in mind. Out to the El Pamonte Nissan hotline, El Pamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. Let's head out to Columbus, check in with Mike Rigardotti. He dominates afternoons out there on 97.1 The Fan, co-host Common Man and T-Bone, and he's also the program director over there, but uh, the lead here. A former classmate of mine at the prestigious Columbia College of Chicago. How you doing, Mike? Prestigious. They keep yes. hitting us up for cash. <laughs> delete, delete. That's right. <laughs> Every single time. All right, you're the perfect guy to go to. You saw every snap of Fields' career probably multiple times. You've heard all the noise coming out of uh, different places over the last few months, notably when Dan Orlovsky was out there and Herbie went right after him on social media. Did the Bears get it right? Did Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy save their jobs? Well, those are two different questions. I, I do like the pick. I like Justin Fields a lot. His talent ceiling is high. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He's a terrific athlete. He can extend plays, all of that stuff. Now, 
does that mean that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are going to know how to use him properly? I think we could do a couple hours just on that by itself. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what's the ceiling here? Are, are you expecting average quarterback play, a guy that can be, I don't know, 12 to 20 in the league? Because we don't know what that looks like in the city, as you all know. Ceiling's top five quarterback in this league. He has the ability to be that. And, you know, despite what Dan Orlovsky wants to say or what he heard, the work ethic's off the charts for this mm-hmm. guy. He has all the physical tools that you would want in a top 10 quarterback. And if he's surrounded with the appropriate weapons, I don't see why he can't be a game changer. If anything, you know, Ryan Day over at Ohio State relied on him too much. You know, that's not going to be the case in the NFL where all of a sudden he's just a one-man offensive show, at least not on a good team. You have to surround him with talented guys. And then I think he could be a top five, top seven quarterback in this league. What do you think the Bears need to add around him? You have Allen Robinson, and then they need some other options on the outside. They're high on Mooney, but hey, he's a fifth-round pick. They need to work on the offensive line. They think they have some sort of a running game. Last year, Matt Nagy at one point fires himself as the OC, but in the offseason, he made sure to tell everyone that he rehired himself as the OC. Yes. Yes. Um, and I know they, they think they have some sort of running game, but I don't I don't know what that means, because, as you know, you know, they sort of just forgot that it existed last year. If things get a little tough this year, is that going to be the case again where he just goes away from the running game completely? I don't know a ton of quarterbacks in this league that are going to be successful without the threat of running the football. So, like you said, you need to work on that offensive line. You need to find some some weapons other than Allen Robinson. And how long is Allen Robinson going to be around, too? I know they tagged him this year, but and you'd know more than me. Are they working on something long-term with him, or is he going to be out the door in 12 months? Yeah, he doesn't seem too thrilled. He did not want to sign the franchise tag initially, but he went ahead and did it. But they're reluctant for some reason to lock him up for the long term. And I don't understand why they've spent way too much money on the defensive side. And finally, uh, they're investing some assets into the offensive uh, part of the game, which, you know, if you have no offense, you're not going anywhere in this era. And I'm I'm just speculating here, but, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of guys like Matt Nagy. I'm, I'm familiar with guys in that coaching tree, and it's almost like guys of a certain age in this league are more convinced their system is what wins and not necessarily mm-hmm. star players. And I don't know if that's their hesitancy. Where Allen Robinson wants to be treated like a true number one, he wants to be treated like a star, and Matt Nagy saying to himself, look, my offense works with stars or without stars. I just need to plug in the right pieces. I don't need to overpay for a number one wide receiver because my offense works regardless. I think that's stubborn. I think that's foolish. And that's why I think, you know, some of the guys in this league who have been labeled as geniuses before their 40th birthday Mm -hmm. wind up having some issues then down the road because they think their system is how they win championships and not the players they put in the system. That's the curious part, Mike. How is Matt Nagy going to change? Because he refused to design anything around Trubisky. I am far from a Trubisky backer at any point throughout his Bears career, but he wouldn't play to his strengths. So since this is his guy, his handpicked quarterback, doesn't matter that they're going to say, oh, we we collaborate, all that stuff. No, no. 
this is his guy. So is he going to change? Is he going to build stuff around fields? Because if you design an offense around fields, I mean, that's part of what you're saying when, when you mention top five ceiling, right? Absolutely. Uh, he's going to need that. It's, it's tricky because even if he doesn't get the leadership that he needs, he's the type of guy Justin Fields is. He can bail you out on a third and nine on a bad play call just because he's that physically gifted. And I know that Mitch Trubisky can run around. And for some reason, we didn't see that over the last year, maybe because he was instructed not to, maybe because he was hesitant to keep himself healthy. I don't know. But Justin Fields will bail you out with his physical tools. He will extend drives. Now, is that going to win you games? Is that going to bring you success in the red zone? That's going to be up on Matt Nagy. And like you said, see, last year I thought desperate Matt Nagy would find a way to make it work because he knew his job was hanging in the balance. And I'd like to say the same thing this year, that Matt Nagy's getting one year with Justin Fields to show what he can do, and it would be foolish not to take advantage of Justin Fields' skills. But again, can he put that ego aside and say, it's not about the play that I want to call. It's about the play that Justin Fields can execute the best. And I don't know until I see it if Matt Nagy's able to do it. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest, my old pal, Mike Rigardotti from 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. Uh, how do you feel when, when you hear people bring up again and again? I assume it's more outside of Columbus. But uh, when you hear, oh, you know, those Buckeyes, they can't develop a quarterback. They always fail when they get to the NFL. And you hear Haskins and Pryor, Cardale Jones is always brought up. And how is Fields different from guys like that? I, I'm always hesitant for, for making comparisons because I don't, I don't necessarily know what one has to do with the other, right? For those guys that you mentioned, I mean, Terrell Pryor was here with Jim Trestle. He's not running the same type of offense, right? There's talent and then there's a scheme guy. And I, I, re I really don't think it's scheme. I mean, you can, you can make that argument for any quarterback, big-time quarterback in college football. Is they don't really play defense anymore. You're throwing to guys who are wide open. So how does that project at the next level? Um, look, man, if you have a guy who can throw it flat-footed, 50 yards in the air, which Justin Fields can do. You have a guy that can change the game with his legs. Justin Fields can do that. You know, a guy like Dwayne Haskins can't do that. Dwayne Haskins is a pocket passer. He's not going to beat you with his legs. Cardale Jones is a pocket passer. He's not going to beat you with his legs. And we're not talking about a JT Barrett situation here where everybody looked at <laughs> JT Barrett as a really good college quarterback, but nobody had any aspirations. He was going to do anything at the next level. Justin Fields' ceiling, to, for me, is so much higher than those other guys that you mentioned. I think it's unfair to compare them. What happened against Northwestern and Indiana? Five picks in those two games. I, he was overwhelmed, um, and that's the thing, is you can't erase that film, and you shouldn't erase that film, because he had two brutal games this past year. And I don't know if it was a product of him trying to do too much. Ohio state's not known for their wide receiver crop, right? But the last mm -hmm. couple years since Brian Hartline has been the wide receiver coach here, he has been recruiting the best wide receiver talent in the game. And I know that it was a point of emphasis 
to, hey, man, uh, even if the guy doesn't look open, trust your wide receiver to go up and make a play for you. And I think in some situations, he took that much too literally, where he says to himself, all right, my guy's double covered. Who cares? I'm going to throw it to him and see if he can try and make a play. And I think there's a way to do that, and a smart way to do that, and a dumb way to do that. I think in those two games, he tried to do too much. That was the problem. If those two games don't happen, do you think he's the number two pick after Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I think that even after the national championship game, some people were talking about him being the number two pick. And I've been talking about this on my show. It, would, it seems like forever. Mm-hmm. The length of time that we have from the end of the NFL regular season to the draft, I know why the league did this because they want jabrones like you and me talking about it every <laughs> single day, but it's painful because you'll see every single day and like, oh, this guy's going to be the next guy. This guy's the second guy off the board. No, it's this guy. Oh, it's oh. his pro day. It's yeah. just so nauseating. The Vegas lines change every single day. Nobody knows what they're talking. Even the smartest football guys in the world convinced that Mac Jones was going to the San Francisco 49ers. Convinced. Trey Lance wasn't even a discussion. And I, unless they changed their mind five seconds before the draft, how could so many people be so wrong on something like that? So the reality is we have too much time to speculate. It's too much time for the media. And really, I think it's too much time for the guys responsible for drafting these guys because they're second guessing themselves. It felt like a three month ramp up to the draft. When you say Adam Schefter was wrong about something like, wow. And we know this. We go through this every year, Mike. It's they call it the lying season and we still fall for it. Well, you know what I think it is, too? I think, you know, we were from the outside looking in. Right. So we. We tell ourselves, well, these guys must have a grand plan. When the San Francisco 49ers trade up to number three, we assume, because we're assuming common sense, and maybe that's wrong, we assume they know exactly who they want when they trade up to get to that number three position. In reality, maybe they have no idea. Maybe they're going back and forth. Maybe all this time has made them change their mind five times. I wonder if... They were sold on Trey Lance this entire time, or for a while, if it was Mac Jones, maybe for a while it was Justin Fields. I don't think they know what they're doing. So how can we be expected to predict (laughs) what's going on if they don't know what the hell they're doing? Sometimes we give them way too much credit. Uh, No kidding. Last thing I've got for you, Mike, as a diehard White Sox fan, how many times you find yourself on radio in Columbus, Ohio, uh, ranting about Tony La Russa? Well, here's the thing is that I, I've been here for 18 years now, right? So wow. I, I kind of, I've kind of figured out what my audience likes to hear and what they don't want to hear. The day-to-day minutiae, I sort of let it go. I save up like my total aneurysms. I let them go maybe once a month is when I'll just unload. And even though my listeners don't care anything about the Chicago White Sox, they take special joy in hearing me stroke out on the radio. And, <laughs> and as bad as Matt Nagy can be sometimes and as frustrating as the Bears can be, you know my first love is baseball and the Chicago White Sox, and nothing brings me to almost cardiac arrest level like the Chicago White Sox. 
you're ready to win now, like a title. You're ready to win, and it's weekend at Bernie's as your manager. I don't, I don't, dude. What are you doing to me? What are you trying to do? <laughs> you know, we just had a lovely conversation about Justin Fields. Now you're going to get me screaming and yelling about how if Rick Hahn had any balls, he'd resign. You know, I, I, I don't know what the hell's going on. I really don't. All right, let's wrap there. Mike Riccardotti, 97 won the fan program director, dominates the afternoon ratings out there in Columbus, Ohio. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it, buddy. Top five ceiling. There's your lead. Top five ceiling. But the Bears also have to do their part. You heard Jim Miller's breakdown of the run for the roses earlier this hour. Next, we hear from TVG Simon Bray with his derby picks. You've got early odds with Joe Ostrowski Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score in the Odyssey app. Derby 147 today, and this is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score. Earlier, we spoke with Jim Miller about the idea of this being a wide-open 20-horse field and tossing the favorite essential quality from the one or two spot. I asked TVG Simon Bray about doing just that on BetQL Daily. Take a listen. I think so. I, I see a scenario where that happens. Look, look, from a betting standpoint, the Kentucky Derby has dramatically changed since 2013. I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll give you a little overview real quick. There used to be a, a system where horses would win qualifying races dating all the way back to their two-year-old year. So for this year's horses, dating all the way back to August, September of last year. And what that usually was, that was usually the, the, the earlier, the, the precocious horses that couldn't get the distance. They were very quick. They would end up in the Kentucky Derby. The pace would be extremely fast. There would be a pace meltdown. And then a horse would come from off the pace at a big number, like Giacomo at 50 to one, like buying that bird at a big number as well. That's changed in 2013 with a point system and it's good. It's, it's more back weighted now. So it favors the horses that win the major preps four to six weeks ahead of the Kentucky Derby, the horses that are more bred, that are more suited for the Derby. So out of the last eight runnings, we've seen six favorites win, uh, you know, and a second favorite who got DQ'd a couple of years ago. So it, it's become more formful. That said, real quick, to answer your question, Essential mm-hmm. quality, champion two-year-old, undefeated. I get it why he's all the rage. He's the deserved favorite. But I just think, and part of this is a gut feeling, I, I think he's just, he's peaked. And I, and I thought he had a hard race last time. I thought highly motivated who ran second to him in the Bluegrass Stakes, the prep that which they come out of. Uh, I thought he ran extremely well, and he, w- he was needing that race and could probably turn the tables on him. So, yeah, I think essential quality, I've got him finishing out of the top two. And I'm going with Rock Your World from California, who's lightly raced only five to one. But I think that horse passed the eyeball test for me in the Santa Anita Derby, the big local prep out here in California for the Kentucky Derby. Is Rock Your World triple crown good? He's very good. I think he's very talented. Whether he's triple crown good, I'm not sure. A lot of people before the point system was put in place would have said absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. He didn't Mm -hmm. run as a two-year-old last year. He made his first start. On January 1st, that's when universally all horses turn the age of three for purposes of, you know, scheduling races and lining up starts and, and, and races. They all have obviously different birthdays. They're born at different times. They have a universal birthday on January the 1st. Justify, who won the Triple Crown a couple of years ago, he was the first horse since Apollo back in the 1800s to win without having one as a two-year-old. I think Rock the World can do that. And a lot of it 
is predicated on that point system. As I said, it, it, it's putting emphasis on horses that are more mature that win the back-weighted preps, the, 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 the preps that are closest to the derby, the major preps. He's very good. The big issues for him, I'll tell, lay him out, he's only had one start on the dirt. I mean, he lacks a lot of experience. He hasn't had any kickback, 20 horses running into that first term with the spray coming back in his face. But I think he has the tactical speed to get out of the gate and put himself in a position where he's not going to get covered in dirt and kick back and climb and be in traffic. And he reminds me very much of two horses that won the Derby, Barbaro and Big Brown. They both started their careers on the turf and they made the transition to the dirt. He has a very, very high cruising speed. He can put himself in a position and get out of trouble. That's what you need. Again, dating back to when the point system has been put in place, if you're going to win the Kentucky Derby, it's shown that you've got to be within three, four lengths of the lead down the backside. And when they, with the last eighth of a mile or 220 yards to run, out of the last, I think it's 55 runnings, the Derby winner has been first or second at that point with 220 yards to run. So you know who's basically going to win it a furlong out, and he's going to put himself in that position. You like Rock Your World to win. What about some other horses to hit the board? Yeah, some other horses. I think, um, you know, you can create some value with some exactas and, and, and trifectas. Superstock to me is interesting. That's the 18 horse. He's 30 to 1 for Steve Asmussen. He's rounding into form at the right time. He won the Arkansas Derby, beaten at the time I thought was going to be probably the prohibitive favorite for the Derby and concert tour for trainer Bob Bassett. You know, a month ago, concert tour, I had him wrapped up winning the whole thing, beating essential quality. He tanked him there. Doesn't go to the Derby. So super stock who beat him, I think is a horse that definitely you can use underneath. And he's 30 to one on the morning line. And then hot rod Charlie for trainer Doug O'Neill. Um, this is a great story. O'Neill's won two Derby. This is a partnership. If this horse wins the Kentucky Derby on Saturday night, you're going to see a celebration like, unlike any other on the NBC telecast. It's unbelievable. It's a group of guys. Um, Doug O'Neill's nephew heads up one of the partnership groups. He's only, I think, about 30. He went to Brown University. He's on the football team, and he's got three of his, his former teammates on the Brown University football team, and they put together a group called Boat Racing um, from their fraternity. Um, I think it was named some drinking game they played in their fraternity. And now they've got himself a legitimate Kentucky Derby runner. I mean, this is a horse who ran second at 94-1 to 1 last year behind essential quality. It was only beaten three parts of a length. He won the Louisiana Derby. It's the longest prep, mile and 316. So, you know, we know he can get the distance. And uh, he could give Doug his third Derby win. Grade one winning trainer and TVG analyst Simon Bray discussing the Derby with me yesterday on BetQL Daily. If you're into killer daily sports betting content, listen or watch weekdays, BetQL Daily, 9 a.m. to noon on the Odyssey app, the Odyssey Sports YouTube video stream, or subscribe to the BetQL Daily Podcast. The Early Odds Pod will be posted shortly. We had Jim Miller on the Derby, my friend Mike Rigardotti from 97.1 The Fan in Columbus with some intel on Justin Fields. Best of luck with your Derby plays today. Talk Monday on BetQL Daily. We've got Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw next. So cast some tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 